Thank God it's Free Range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now.
101.5 UMFM. This is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Alzen kicking things off for us tonight. A new remix of Anushka's Bad Weather by Strata. Uh, a little True Thoughts Brownswood crossover there. And uh, boy, two labels I can't get enough of. So no surprise, I'm, I'm playing something when it features the two of them. Uh, coming up on the show, I talked to Greg Spiro of the Chicago experiment earlier this week. Uh, this is the, the reemergence of rope dope series that started about 20 years ago with the Philadelphia experiment, a, a jazz record that uh, featured Questlove uh, as part of the trio that uh, collaborated on a, on a series of things. Now the Chicago experiment is just, chock-a-block with heavy hitters we'll get into that when we get into our interview with greg spiro and we're also going to be uh, debuting a track off of the record that's due out at the later of the month uh but before that we're going to be debuting some more new tunes uh, i've got something from Rixop. uh they just dropped two new singles this week and uh, we've got them we've got uh man we got a new Delvin Lamar Oregon trio. We got we got all sorts of stuff kicking 2022 off in a good way. Uh hope you're safe. Hope you're healthy. Uh keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM.
sunny days and dusty roads Taking me to a place that I don't care to go It's all I see When you're not here with me So what am I to do? Must I walk those lonely streets Talk to myself And then cry Like a baby Knowing that You're not here I know that things Will never be the same
back here on thank god it's free range the friday edition of free range radio right before the break lebanese composer artist zia Rabani with 5 to 7 p.m from hudu nisbi which is a, a new reissue from 1985 before that from 1976 wayne mcgee with what am i to do off of wayne 76 uh our friend kevin howes uh we found him on, obviously, to talk about Willie Dunn and about the Native North America in the past. His album, or rather, new imprint, Voluntary in Nature, reissuing Wayne McGee's Wayne 76, along with a Willie Thrasher record and a Cat's Eye record that's been getting some uh, buzz as well. We had May Lee Todd with Show Me, a new single off of her forthcoming album, Malou, that's coming out on Stone's Throw. Kudos to Melee Todd. Uh, I got a couple of new Canadian crooners for you before we get into my interview with Greg Spiro that I taped earlier this week. Destroyer from Labyrinthitis, which is out uh, shortly with Tintoretto. It's for you, new single, and then uh, out last week. And uh, boy, got a chance to dip into it over the past week from Dawn FM, the weekend with a track called Best Friends. Keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM. Last minute cancellation at the Last Supper. Oh, you prepared us such an exquisite feast. He said, Now, what do you call it when every part of the bird is used?
Chicago experiment set to come out on rope dope records and Greg Sparrow, the band leader, I guess, is that, is that the right term for what you, you did with this project, Greg Sparrow? Yeah. Yeah. You, you could, you could say that you could use many different terms for me, many of which are derogatory, but uh, I'll take, I'll take band leader. That's fantastic. Well, I'm just curious. Cause like, I mean, it's, it's a collection of musicians and it's, a, you know, a quote unquote experiment, but like, it's not a traditional band, right? Like, you're not necessarily going to be like playing as this group for several years into the future. This is kind of like, we got together, we did this thing. Let's see how it works. Yeah. It was really, you know, it was, it was, in a, it was my experiment essentially. Um, and I brought all the guys on board because with this, every, every project I've ever done has a specific chemistry to it. Like the Spirit Fingers project is the one that I did before that, which was originally called Polyrhythmic. Um, and uh, that that project I did for a specific feel and specific style and used specific players, Hadrian Farad, Mike Mitchell, and Dario Cazzolino, because they were so virtuosic and, um, and wrote this these intense 
parts in, the, in this intense music for them. And this Chicago experiment, I brought together people that had of, of a very different ilk. Um, the people from Chicago, the musicians from Chicago play very differently than the musicians in in any other city and that each community has its own personality. The, the like people in Philadelphia have their own feel, their own style of playing people in New York, you know, that New York sound has been the past 20 years of jazz history, essentially. I mean, from like, like you know, the Meldau really like starting that, that hyper, well, there were people before him obviously, but, but he really popularized the hyper intellectual, like deeply musical thing and, until it got, into the more um, like West Coast Afrocentric, like West Coast get down um, vibe, and and different different cities have their different flavors and their different times in the spotlight. And Chicago has been coming more and more into the spotlight. The 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 sort of like ebb and flow of these different of the sound of these different cities. Uh, Chicago has been rising up and up and up. And you know, I've been doing these these international tours with Makaya now for years, and, and our audiences have been getting bigger. Um, and I wanted to do a record that highlighted the the feel and the people that I had come up with in Chicago for the past like really 20 years of my music career. Um, so yeah, that, that's why it was Chicago Experiment in that like, I, this is now the, the my, my new project. I wanted to bring together the people of, of the city that I came up in, in to like, really experiment with this, with the feel that's organic to us. Right. Now, I mean, obviously you had the working relationship with Micaiah. How many of the other guys had you played with in any kind of ongoing or recurrent basis? I've played with all of the guys in different settings before. Um, Jeff Parker is the one who I played with the least. We've jammed together in different settings and we were always kind of peripheral um, as we we had both played with Micaiah and then played together with Micaiah in some different contexts. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I played with Daryl Jones. Daryl and I composed together and played on Frank Russell's album like 10 years ago when I was in, when I was living in Chicago. Um, one second, let me put my phone on, uh, on mute because people keep blowing me up right now. That always happens when you get, like in something intense, then people start like trying to hit you up. Okay, there, I'm on mute, or I'm on do not disturb. Um, so yeah, Daryl Jones, we composed together like 10 years ago for Frank Russell's album. And then we played together on that album and in different contexts, we circled each other and played together. Or we, we, uh, we toured with the Miles Electric Band. Um, obviously Miles died when I was seven, so. I never toured with Miles, but I did some pretty extensive touring with the guys who played with Miles Davis um, in the Miles Electric Band as it, like, you know, we, we played all over the world, in Japan, um, Australia, uh, Hawaii, <laughs> around the U.S., as jazz. Um, uh, and so I got, like, I mean, Daryl's Daryl's feel is such a special feel, and it's very indicative of Chicago, but, like, the the generation before me and Micaiah, he was like, you know, 20 years older than us. Um, and, uh, and he had his whole scene, but that, that scene is part of what shaped our scene. It's all based on feel, it's all based on groove. Like there's a very specific Chicago feel. 
Um, so Daryl has that and, and getting Daryl and Micaiah together was really special for me um, because the, the chemistry there, it's like, you know, when I call this an experiment, it's sort of a science experiment because it's all about the chemistry between the players. Um, and I, I remember in the session, Micaiah commenting on like Daryl's feel. It's just legendary. You know, that's, that's one of the reasons that the Rolling Stones wanted him to be in that band and that he'd been that for the past 25 plus years. Um, Cause like it's just, every, everything he does is so rock solid and so in the pocket in his musical choices on bass or I mean, it's, it's a combination of like humble and brilliant. Right. Now th that feel that you talked about and, and, you know, kind of the, the groove being kind of the like basis of like a Chicago kind of thing. Can you pinpoint kind of like, is there like a person or a school or something within Chicago? Like, like, is this just cause it was like the terminus point for kind of like Southern blues musicians kind of ending up in Chicago or like what, what birthed that like focus on the groove, right? Like, cause like you said, like the New York thing kind of was like kind of an intellectual and, and like really heady kind of approach to jazz. Whereas the Chicago's and I mean, I've been, I've been following like international anthem records for years and listening to a lot of Chicago artists and it's, it is much more, and maybe it's like Chicago house and like, you know, electronic influ influences or like that there was like a dance culture. Like what's, can you kind of figure out what it is? Hmm. I would, you know, it's interesting. Um, if I were if I were to say an exact story historical lineage, I would be bullshitting. I I don't know the I I don't know every route that right. found itself growing into Chicago. I know many of them, and I know that there are a lot. Probably a um, I mean the the blues musicians coming from the south that you mentioned. That's one. That's one key example of what a route going into Chicago musically is, but just like so many of the of the big historical, if you look out on a macro scale and what jazz became um, in the in the early twentieth century um, as this combination of of African rhythm, European harmony, um, South American rhythm also and, and treatment of music um which was actually largely the even the south american was largely influenced by africa um and, and you find this new genre of music you you tend to get something really special that is a true representation of diversity um and i think if i hypothesize on what makes chicago so special that that same idea of, of the true presentation of diversity um because you have you 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 have the intellectual baked into the chicago culture you look at um i mean even the 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 great jazz mentors, Willie Pickens being one of them on piano, um, Fred Anderson being one of them, 
Von Freeman being one of them. You had these people that, when a lot of musicians were moving to New York in the mid 20th century, um, you had, like maybe a little later than the mid 20th century, but right around there, you, you had um, you had some people that stuck around Chicago and became these pillars of of bringing up the next generation. Um, uh, who's the, there's another pianist, I can't remember his name. Um, maybe, maybe it'll come to me. Gary Novak, that's it, Gary Novak, or Larry, Larry Novak, Gary Novak's um, father. Gary Novak is, is the drummer, but Larry Novak is his father who I took some lessons from when I was younger, but yeah, another one of the old, old cats who stuck around Chicago and had the opportunity to move to New York and get on the scene, but they, they didn't, they decided to stay and mentor the youth in their town. Um, and you, with this, you had this interesting sort of diversity of different, different mentalities in the older generation, educating the people who are coming up where you, you had the rhythm, you had the feel, you had that Chicago blues feel, you know, Chicago being so, so known for blues, but it was Chicago so close to New York, you had some people traveling back and forth pretty consistently. And you had that intellectual, like the, the, that, that more heady ethereal mentality that you get from, from New York. Um, and, uh, the, and the combination is reflected in the generations, like in Micaiah's band, for example, you have Matt Gold, and you listen to his solo music and it's very intellectual. And he, you know, he's the guy who was, when we were taking the train through Europe, he would sit like transcribing classical pieces or like writing, you know, reading classical music as we were going, going along. Um, you know, but then you have Micaiah who's so heavily rhythmically based in his compositions. He, he explores color and explores rhythm. Um, and, uh, but, but it, it's like a different side of the music than what you get in Matt Gold's music. And so you get this, this combination of these different sort of musical ideologies and that makes the most um, like profoundly rounded and centered uh, sort of holistic vision of music, which, you know, you, I, I would, I, I venture to take that into a macro perspective as well when you talk about perspectives on life, and politics and everything. Um, but for, for music, like you have something that's truly well-rounded in, in Chicago because of that diversity. You've got the, the depth of rhythmic engagement and, and like presence, but then you also have the, the richness of harmony, that um, intellectual perfection of, of melody. And, uh, and you have this beautiful holistic approach to music that is, it's hard to replicate unless you just kind of came up in it. Right, so it sounds kind of like it's, it's not one thing, it's all the things and maybe i mean that's maybe like indicative of like kind of the best case of all these different players coming in to do this this chicago experiment is like they're not one thing they're like all the aggregate of all their kind of experiences in other groups in other settings and and then that's what you're blending together on this record yeah man i mean it 
and it's not just us it's like it's the, it's a whole community and that's one of the things about chicago is it's so community oriented like i came up with with robert irving the third as my mentor from when i was 19. i met him at the self-employment in the arts conference when i was going to u of i and we came to chicago and he was doing a talk on his work with miles davis and he ended up taking me under his wing and you know he and his his crowd they're the like the band that like a bunch of the members of, of earth wind and fire and like you know um you have like phil perry and the, the, these different people in pop and r&b and and jazz and how it was all combined because it was really deeply combined especially through the 70s and then some of the 80s um and so so you have this diverse array of 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 musical capabilities and musical interests in the in the whole fabric of it like the the older generation that's then taking the under younger generation under the wing and then in the younger generation also because it's up to that one of the things about chicago is there's not that much infrastructure compared to some other cities some of the bigger cities um in, for for artists to like latch on to and build a career on so we were building brick by brick you know if you wanted an audience you like built that audience if you wanted a club date you would like go get a club date you would like build a club date and partner with a restaurant and build an audience um and like so so you had to listen to the tastes of the people as well and take into to account somewhat of like what was popular um unless you just wanted to play to like five people. So we do that. I mean, I remember Micaiah and I, we like, when we were in our early twenties, we played, I, I, I was like working on Ableton and we did covers of Michael Jackson tunes, but like completely like tripped out using as, as a duet. We had like from a Craven duo, like, um, you know, taking those, these popular songs, but making them into these weird interesting kind of electronic -y, jazzy beat oriented compositions um and so so yeah that is, that's that's all to say this di the, the diversity of thought and diversity of approach i think is one of the key factors that makes chicago so special and makes this experiment the chemistry of this experiment so sort of uh unique so we've talked about the chemistry let's talk about the lab you go into the the recording booth for four hmm. days with some some idea of what you want to do but then a lot of room for improvisation what, what was that experience like yeah man well tiny room studio was where we recorded i that's my music studio in la and i chose to do it there because i had built this place and i had everything set up to record audio and video and like half of us were already in los angeles because i wanted jeff parker there and i wanted gerald jones there and i and and myself and the three of us were there but i also knew that i wanted micaiah and marquise on, um and uh so and then the other guys i I, ended, I overdubbed so i brought micaiah and marquise um out into the studio to la for for those four days and to prep for that i wrote a bunch of music um i spent a month you know, when I when I do a new project, I tend to like uh, I, I get I get into a, a groove, a rhythm daily working on that project. And for me, at that point, I was living in my studio. Um, 
this was shortly after the Halsey tour. You know, I toured with Halsey for four years, um, doing all the sound design and and uh, like all playing all the keyboard parts. I didn't miss a show in, in, in those four years, and then um, decided I wanted to move on to my own projects after that. So hired somebody to replace myself in there, and went and built the studio. And and at this, I, I was going all in on the studio. I didn't even have an apartment, so I was just sleeping on a tatami mat on the floor of the studio. Um, and uh, so I woke up at 6 a.m. every morning and like my tatami mat was on the floor in between the piano and the computer. And I would get up and make a pot of coffee and sit at the computer uh, at 6 a.m. The goal, I would, I would wake up at like 10 to six or something like that. The goal was to get to the computer by six and then work from six to noon just on compositions for this project. Um, so I did that for one month. And by the end of the month, I had all the compositions and all the arrangements fully fleshed out. Um, and then the um, the recording session happened. I brought in the guys for the four days at the end of the month, uh, and everything changed <laughs> when we got when the when the compositions hit the hit the the musicians. Um, the whole like, you know the 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 chemistry of it the the atoms the atoms transformed into different elements and uh all the music changed into into other stuff some of it became more improvisatory some of the ideas changed some of the melodies and harmonies changed but when it when when that when that raw material hit the hit the band and got into that new environment um it took on a life of its own and i I made a point to let it take on a life of its own because that's one of the things that I've learned um, sometimes the hard way and as a band leader is like you'll get a much better result if you allow the brilliance of the people who are playing to shine through um, and and you don't try to put yourself in the center of it so I gave everybody these compositions and and they made them their own and we just improvised a lot and we kept the, the tape rolling um and and played so for four days we were playing you know it was full day like 10 hour days in the studio and i got so much source source material i, I was teaching them the compositions during that period and playing them and we were improvising and having fun um and i ended up getting all of this all this different stuff that i couldn't have possibly envisioned on my own um, and, and it could only come from the combination of those musicians and how they engage with each other. Uh, and and I, I just became sort of like enabler at that point and I just let it happen. So humility is the number one key of a, a successful band leader or, or group composer then? Um, I would, it, it's one of the, one of the key things you need humility, but you also need capability. Hmm. Like you, you need to really know and understand. Um, it, like you need to be able to hear everything that's going on and be able to make decisions quickly and like on the spot. Um, but you also need to realize how limited you are. Like each of us alone is nothing compared to what we are together. Um, and when you put people like that together, the whole is always greater than the sum of its parts.
um, which is why this was such a chemistry experiment. So you ended up with all this material, then the process of kind of sifting through and, and creating the album out of that. What what was that like? Are you finding kind of it's not necessarily best takes, but like, you know, parts of things to put together or how are you kind of assembling that? It's a combination. Some of them were were certain like like forget for example the song double take like that that was um completely different from the original tune that i that i composed like the original tune for double take has this moving counterpoint bass line and it's really fast and it's kind of this like you it's in four four but you can't really tell it's in four four um and that was one of the moments where like after we'd played it and we'd gotten a good take makai was like hey let's just try it like this and like we kind of rehearsed it for a little bit with him just laying this really cool, simple backbeat behind it. And the chords, the way that they ended up like manifesting in the in that context ended up being so much richer and so much more more consumable and 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 audible in terms of the intention that they had. And so like that became the take that we used for that, even though it was sort of just a rehearsal take. Um and like then there were times when and the the the, the uh last tune on the album straight shooter that is uh like starts out with a jeff parker solo um and that's chopped in from a little fill that micaiah did like i don't even include the first head on that that's just the last head because it just made so much sense to start with jeff parker's wailing solo on that because he's just killing it so hard and then go into the head at the end as the sort of conclusion which ends up being the conclusion of the whole record so it's like you know you, you have your the, the whole the four days was a was a chemistry experiment and we we got this these materials you know we like made the we forged the steel from the from, from the raw materials the compositions and the people and then after that i had to take that that metal and shape it into what became the record and use all these different elements to put together the architecture and create a, a true piece out of it that can be enjoyed from from start to finish that's it. so that's what it ended up being uh, a lot of improvisation i chopped a lot of improvisations and combined them in different ways put my own post-production improvisation on it like pitch shifting and cutting and pasting and all of that and then um but then also taking some full compositions that we had played through and using those and then taking some full improvisations and and taking those the chant which is the the, the one we released just a few days ago that that is people are loving right now that was like literally just an improvisation um and and just chopped up like one point i think like we took the beginning and the end and maybe one little piece out of the middle of it um and that was micaiah who helped me like decide on that chop for for that piece um micaiah and i did some of the post-production together and uh that that was so that was just improvisation but then like other elements were um cloud jam for example is a complete mashup of different elements that i just put together like that loop at the beginning is a loop that continues throughout it's like one second of material or something that i just keep going over and over again and then layering everything on top of it um and then took those those songs and and uh and attached them into this full-on sort of architecture of the record 
Well, the, the steel structure that you created is a fascinating and, and, and great listen. Um, so the Chicago experiment comes out at the end of the month on, on Rope Dope. Um, before I let you go, Greg, I want to get you to pick a track off the record that we can play for listeners. And if you have a reason why you're picking that one in particular, or if there's an anecdote about the song that you want to share, I'd love to hear that. Mm, um, <laughs> okay, let's do Rose Petal. Um, that's a fun one. I mean, you should play them the chant too. That one's like, that's kind of, I think, going to be the like token track from this record that people are going to recognize. But Rose Petal is a fun one as far as the the backstory behind it. You know, Herbie Hancock is is a um, he's he's like a very dear friend and mentor of mine. And and um, this one track, I um, I wanted to sort of pay an homage to him because you know he's from Chicago too. So is Quincy Jones, by the way. A lot of people don't know that. Um, he moved to Seattle uh, before high school, but um, he's from Chicago too. A lot of these amazing musicians are from Chicago. Um, and, and this one jam that we were doing, this was, it, it was kind of like an offshoot of improvisation from one of the songs I had composed, but it didn't end up being the, the song. It just ended up being that sort of own thing. Um, and it ended up being so Herbie-esque like like very indicative very reminiscent of of my favorite music from herbie from like the uh from the 70s and and 80s and um so i decided to just go all out i used a moog and did these different herbie lines and I took a solo myself like using some of the stuff that i learned from him and like i usually wouldn't do stuff that um indicative of, of his style and i just kind of put it in as a sprinkling but then i was trying to name it and the first name of it was chamomile kind of like because it's if you listen to it it kind of reminds people of chameleon and then i was like that's too obvious so like what is what else am i going to name it it's not as obvious like chamomile is a type of tea but i actually really like rose petal tea that's my favorite so i ended up calling it rose petal so that's the name of that song um, but it's kind of it's it, it's it's one it's kind of my nod in in herbie's direction it's sort of like show of gratitude for for his inspiration to me and to the whole rest of the music community cool i like the uh, i like the kind of how you arrive at the title part of this story too that <laughs> you know chamomile tea and then you're like oh i don't really like chamomile tea <laughs> could have been like yeah. you know sleepy time tea or something it would have been kind of a funny yeah thing, right ro rose petal i mean but if i called it certain... sleepy time then that would be like i think it might give the wrong impression yeah true enough it would not speak to what the song is that's you're not expecting like <laughs> late 70s herbie hancock on a, on a track right. called sleepy time the antithesis of that uh the album the chicago experiment uh greg thanks very much for taking some time out to talk about it and, and good luck with the release of it and thank you so much i really appreciate you having me on your show and for your, all your support and uh and yeah thanks for the interview